In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, in the gospel text that we have from Matthew 15, we travel with Jesus out of the region of Galilee up to the northwest towards the sea, the Mediterranean Sea, to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And this is a bit out of the way for Jesus. He leaves the confines of Israel and travels up and away. And as he is a, and his disciples are going, in fact, as they get to uh, Tyre or Sidon, to the area there, and go into a house, a woman from that region, a Canaanite woman, comes up and prays to Jesus, begging him for mercy and for kindness that he would cast a demon out of her daughter. Now, what do we know of this woman? We know that she's a Canaanite from the Gospel of Matthew. We know from the Gospel of Mark that she was a Syrophoenician, that she was of Greek descent. She must have resettled in this region with her family in this place, and it is astonishing to us that we also know that she knows about Jesus, that she has heard the word of this Jewish Messiah, and she's, be she's believed it, and she's come to him now for help in her hour of need. But what unfolds between our Lord Jesus and this woman, his dear Christian daughter, is astonishing. Jesus, it seems, mistreats her and turns her away, that he constantly refuses to hear her prayers. She, after all, is not a daughter of Israel. But at the end of this conversation with Jesus, this dear woman proves the very opposite. She shows that she is a true Israelite. And this is the wonder and the glory of the text. Remember, after all, what the word Israel means. In Genesis, we learn of what the word Israel means. As we're hearing in Genesis the story of Abraham, Abraham has a son, Isaac, who has two sons, Jacob and Esau. And Esau was the firstborn, a mighty man, a wonderful hunter. And Jacob was not. So Jacob, Esau was the firstborn, and he had all the rights and claims of the firstborn. But he was out hunting one day and comes back starving. And Jacob sold him a bowl of soup for his birthright the blessing of the firstborn. Now, fast forward just a little bit to the deathbed of Isaac, and Isaac, there dying, is going to give the blessing of the firstborn to his firstborn, Esau, even though Esau had already sold it to Jacob. So Isaac asks for Esau to go hunting and bring him some venison, and in the meanwhile, Rebekah and Jacob plot that Jacob would get the blessing that he had bought from his brother so Jacob is in Esau's clothes. He has hairy skin put on his arms like this, and he goes in and brings his father the, uh, the pot of soup, and, he, and Isaac, whose eyes are failing, feels his hands and says, You're hairy, it must be my son Esau. And he gives to, I, he gives to Jacob this blessing that, uh, that was for the firstborn, the blessing that Jacob had bought from Esau. 
Now Esau comes back from the field. He comes into his father with the food that he had just got, and he brings it to his father, Isaac, and he says, Who are you? And he says, I'm your son Esau. And, and Isaac and Esau realized that they had been tricked, that he had already given the blessing to Jacob, and so he gives Esau another blessing that goes something like this. You will your whole life serve your brother. And Esau is mad. The text, in fact, says that Esau hated Jacob, and plotted to kill him when the days appointed for the mourning of Isaac's death were over. So when those days are over, Jacob books it. He runs out of town. He heads, in fact, straight north to the country of Haran, to his uncle Laban, and is there for 20 years. Jacob is there. When he's there, he finds his two wives, Leah and Rachel, and he has 11 children, he works for Laban for 20 years and has flocks and riches and all of this, but a dispute arises between Jacob and between Laban, and so Jacob now is running again from Laban back south. 20 years later, back to his brother Esau, back to the land that was his by the promise of his father Isaac. But he's still afraid. He's still worried that Esau is going to come and kill him. So on the way, as he hears that Esau is coming, Jacob sends out two troops, really, to shepherds and flocks to give to his brother Esau to hopefully appease his wrath. And then as they're coming down on the east side of the Sea of Galilee, uh, and, they, and they come to the Jabbok River, which is a branch of the Jordan, there's some fords there, and, and, and Jacob has sent these two delegations ahead of him uh, to Esau, and he sends his wives across, and his servants across, and his children uh, across, and Jacob there is left on the north side of the river Jabbok, and there something absolutely astonishing happens. Jacob wrestles with God. The text is Genesis 32, beginning with verse 22, like this. The same night he, that is Jacob, arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had, and Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. The sun rose on him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. This is astonishing text. Jacob there, wrestling with God, who is in the form of a man. And he would not let go of him. 
but, but held him. And when God says, let me go, the sun is up, Jacob says, I will not until you bless me. And so God gives him a new name, Israel. And that is precisely what Israel means. Strives with God, or better, wrestles with God. Jacob grabs a hold of God and refuses to let him go until he gives him a blessing. Now, we know that the Lord God who created heaven and earth could have simply wiped out Jacob with a word. In fact, we see it when he touches his hip and puts it out of socket. He could have just destroyed Jacob, but he didn't. He, but he wrestled with him and struggled with him and fought with him and then gave him a blessing. This, dear saints, is exactly what unfolds in the gospel text in Matthew 15, with this Canaanite woman. She is wrestling with Jesus, not physically grappling with him, but wrestling with Jesus in her prayers and in her words, and she refuses to let go of him until he gives her a blessing. Jesus, in this fight, delivers three severe blows to this woman, but she endures all of them, and at last she has his favor and his smile and his blessing and the miracle that she's asking for. And by this wrestling, by refusing to let go of Jesus, but by clinging on to him, she proves that she is a true daughter of Israel, that she, in fact, is Israel, that she wrestles with God. So to the text, Matthew 15, verse 21. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he, that is Jesus, did not answer her a word. This is the first blow. Jesus completely ignores her. He doesn't say a word. He acts as if he acts as if she didn't even exist. Now, you might know this, what it seems like, what it feels like, when the, that the Lord has stopped up his ears to our prayers, like there's a glass ceiling, and all of our cries and pleas aren't getting through to heaven. Jesus hears her, but he doesn't acknowledge her. Now, most people would say at this point, what I heard about this man must have been wrong. He's not kind and good, but arrogant and rude. I'll let him be. He doesn't want to help me. But look, Jesus doesn't say he wouldn't help. He didn't say anything. And as long as he doesn't say anything, as long as he is silent, she continues to cry out to him for help. She will not let go of him. She can't be turned away. This troubles the disciples, so they come and intercede on her behalf. It not, it seems, out of love, but rather out of annoyance. Why don't you get rid of this woman? They say, and this is the middle of verse 23, and his disciples came and begged him, saying, send her away, for she is crying out after us. And Jesus answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This is the second blow. Jesus, still not talking to this woman, talks to his disciples and says, I, I I'm not doing a miracle for her because I was sent to the Jews, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I was sent for the, for the children of Abraham. Now, 
Look at this. The promise is not for you, Jesus is saying. But this woman, who is here wrestling with Jesus, sees through the Lord's word. First, she says, he still hasn't said no. And second, now I know that he can help me and can deliver me. For after all, he didn't say, I can't do the miracle, but I didn't come to do the miracle for you. If he wants Israel, she seems to say, I'll show him Israel. I'm not letting go. So verse 25. She came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. And he answered her, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. This is the third and final blow that Jesus gives to this woman, and it is the most severe. She calls, he calls her a dog, not worthy of him and his gifts and the miracle that she asks for. At this point, I suspect, if we were there, we would say something like, how dare he call me a dog? How dare he insult me? I thought he was a kind and gentle man, but I see now that he is the opposite. But this woman is wrestling with Jesus. She's grabbing a hold of... And she grabs a hold of this word. In fact, in this insult, this woman has finally just what she was waiting for. She has a word from Jesus, and she'll take it, and she'll run with it. You want me to be a dog? Fine. I'll be the dog. Even the dog gets the scraps that fall from their master's table. Martin Luther, preaching about this word, says it like this. She catches Christ with his own words. And he, that is our dear Lord Jesus, is happy to be caught. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. So this dear Canaanite woman perseveres in the wrestling match with Jesus, she, in fact, overcomes him, which is exactly what he wanted, and now he blesses her. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. This, dear saints, is our same Jesus. He has for us mercy and peace. He has for us blessing and comfort in, in spite of all of our sins. He has for us His love and His cross and His ears are open to our prayers. But this comfort and this peace often comes with, with suffering and with struggle our Lord Jesus is pleased to wrestle with us, with you, to struggle with us. And by this, he makes us his true Israel. I'm afraid, and 
that there's an error of God, an erroneous theology that goes around in the church. And it is something like this. It's as if God is some sort of, uh, some sort of secret code. And if we could just crack the code, figure out the secret, then he would g- give to us whatever we want. It, it, it's as if when we're dealing with God, we're not dealing with a person, but with a, with a machine or a formula or something like this. But Jesus shows us in the text that he is a person. And he strives with us and struggles with us and wrestles with us and that it might go on all night. In fact, the struggle might last for our whole lives. But be assured of this, that the Lord who could destroy us is not wrestling with us to beat us. He is wrestling with us to bless us. He is doing all of this for your good and for your blessing. And when this struggle is over, when the wrestling is through, when we refuse to let go of him but cling to him by his word, he will bring us to eternal blessings, even the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. So, dear saints, By the Holy Spirit, you have been made Israel. You have been set in this life to wrestle with God. And as you wrestle, you hear his blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And may he give you Peace. Amen. And now may the grace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.